1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. What next for Scotland after Tuesday's Euro 2020 exit? Graeme Souness is urging Billy Gilmore to stay at Chelsea instead of heading out on loan. And Ange Postacoglu is taking his first training session today after arriving in Glasgow. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Yeah, the main talking point, Andrew, will still be the fallout from Scotland, Croatia on Tuesday night. The country seems to be nursing a massive hangover and I suggest they will be for the next couple of days where dreams are playing Against the Netherlands on Sunday dashed Where does the country turn from here? Well I don't think people should have a knee-jerk reaction For Steve Clark I think there will be right enough But they have to remember where this group of players And Steve Clark got us to The two weeks before that game against Croatia Have been magnificent Lifted the country Put us in a good place And it's left us hungry for more action at major tournaments I tell you what, this is the unhappiest I have ever been to be in this studio Because I was hoping that Scotland would get further And the the two hour shows would continue And we'd have a lot of fun with Scotland at the Euros But unfortunately, I'm back But look, there's a lot to talk about Obviously the the reaction from Scotland There's Ange Postacoglu is is in the country There's transfers that are going to be happening over the next few weeks Domestic European qualifiers All sorts happening So make sure to give us a call on 0141 951 1025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Mark you've had a bit of time to reflect on Tuesday's result how are you feeling about it now that you've had a bit of time to stew over it well obviously still gutted I, I mean after the, the show um, we, we get any, a, a good level of discussion about it you know and, and tempers were, were high and we we you know went through all sorts of emotions after that but we were all feeling the same you know gutted to be at the tournament because we believe we had a squad that could take us even further. But, you know, realistically, you know, having a few days to think about it and, and seeing where we've came from and, and the years that I've, well, one, been a player and been a very, very tiny part of, of Scotland when I was playing and, and seeing other teams fail to where we've got to now, we have to take that uh, into consideration and, and where the country has been in this last couple of weeks or or since November, should I say, when I stood in this, this studio with, with Daz and Gordon and we celebrated getting through. That feeling that gave the country in the build-up was, was absolutely terrific. And this group of players and the coaching staff and everybody involved, how they touched the country and brought the country to a, a new level after coronavirus, I don't think you can forget quickly. So, yes, we are disappointed at Granit. Yes, we have got some outstanding players who we believed had a great opportunity to get us through to the next uh, stages. But I think it gives us uh, a real optimism for the future that these boys... And added um, quality uh, The youth that are coming through The names that were around the squad And names still to come Serves as well for the future It just kind of condensed everything That it means to be a Scotland fan Into the space of about a week Didn't it? Because yeah. we had You know we had pain We had that bit of optimism Then it was snatched away from us It was just a, a roller coaster Which seems as if it lasted for ages But really it was only What was that? Eight, eight days or so? Eight or nine days? Eight days I mean the, the Wembley one in between The two games were, Was the one that really you know, galvanised the country, brought everybody together. That that feeling uh, of being the ultimate underdog and coming out with with some little bit of a hope. Granted, the last game 
<laughs> it was just a terrific feeling Just to be part of it You know And lucky enough To be part of Super Scoreboard's um, Coverage at the dry gate And seeing the atmosphere Down there It was terrific Go take my kids to school uh, and, and the atmosphere Surrounding that uh, And that's why I say That can't be forgotten You know Because that's been missing For a lot of people's lives If not all their lives uh, I was lucky enough That I got uh, I was born at a time Where I got You know The Euros And you know Next sets in, in France 98 So I, I felt that But a lot of people Hadn't felt that So these boys Have got a lot to be proud of Yes there will be Disappointment uh, In the camp as well Because There's that Professionalism About them Andy Robertson Achieved loads And your McTominays And the guys that play At the top level And are used to winning things Will be hugely disappointed Because they'll see it As a missed opportunity but I still think it's something to build on And I still think the country Or the majority of the country Will be behind Steve Clark And the players That are there at the minute There will be some replacements The older ones may fall by the wayside But we've got a good crop Of young players coming through To bolster that squad as well 01419511025 If you want to get involved Sharon is up first in Toll Cross Sharon, how are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic I've enjoyed getting Excited about Scottish football again uh, And as uh, Mark was saying there It's great seeing these young boys all coming through They all seem to be gelling together And they're all growing together And the next campaign can only be better um, But the one concern I've got is the goalkeeping position um, At the moment we have ageing goalkeepers Great goalkeepers but ageing goalkeepers You know uh, Craig Gordon's 38 David Marshall's 36. After him comes John McLaughlin, who's 33. And we've got, you know, the World Cups coming up. And then uh, after that, you've got another set of Euros coming up. And I know goalkeepers play on a wee bit older, but they tend to kind of agree up their international career round about Craig Gordon's age to kind of prolong their professional uh, club career. Um, and I just don't know... What's out there for Scotland? Is there another couple of good goalies coming through that I've maybe no heard to? Or are we needing to try and, you know, kind of start playing John McLaughlin a bit, mate, to get him into being the number one? Because he's sitting in the bench at, at, at Ibrox. Scott Baines lost all his confidence after the shenanigans at my club this year. And, you know, we're, we're going to need to, for the next campaign, have somebody ready to replace... You know, David Marshall and Gay Gordon Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point um, We've been blessed the last decade or so To have top goalkeepers Three, McGregor, Gordon, Marshall And others have came and went within that But they three have been outstanding Sharon makes a good point that they are ageing um, the, the only thing that we, we have in our favour over this one in, in qualifying is that this World Cup is just round the corner So we may get Another campaign Out these guys They may You know Not hang up their boots Right now John McLaughlin's obviously The the obvious replacement As he's been in About the squad uh, He seems a natural one Xander Clark Is he Would he be in with a shout There you were know, certainly people Calling for him to, to get in there After his sort of performances Later in the season anyway Yeah Liam Kelly Potentially Liam Kelly, a, a possibility yeah. Had a very good Sort of second half of the season At Motherwell mm-hmm. Yeah so there's a couple Of good goalkeepers there Um you know, short on experience, but the only way you get experience has been added to the squad. So, in terms of the next couple of squads and, and the qualifiers coming up, I'd be surprised to see any any of the ones that are have got the jerseys just now retiring. 
maybe the the following campaign, then you'd be looking at a couple of those boys that we just mentioned there, Andrew. I think he's been sounded out before about it. He's eligible to play for Scotland, Angus Gunn, Gunn down yeah. south, who's got a good reputation down there. I think he's maybe just moved back to Norwich. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, I mean, he, he could be a possibility. Maybe he's looked at what the, the Scotland squad have done. We looked at Shea Adams. You know, he knocked back the chance to play for Scotland, decided, you know, a few years later that he wanted to. Maybe there's a chance for, for someone like him to get involved as well. Well, look, if he's good enough, uh, we've made contact with him before. Um, the door isn't shut. You, we saw that with Shea Adams. You're right. You know, if you're persistent and you, you, you keep going where you're going to get somebody in, you will eventually get him. So that's another option. Um, but I, I don't think it's an immediate Concern. I can see it being a concern, Shannon's right. A concern down the road because this last decade, as I said, we've we've been blessed with some brilliant ones and it's been a hard job for the manager. But it will be an essential position to get right because we know as Scotland supporters, the amount of times we rely on our goalkeepers to dig dig us out of holes um is probably higher than your average country. So it's a position we need to get right. Sharon, how positive are you about the rest of the squad? Because a lot of people have been talking about, you know, the young players. Gilmore's only 19, Pat- uh, tw- uh, 20, isn't he? Patterson's 19, Turnbull 21. I mean, Tierney McTominay, both a good age. McGinn Robertson, these players aren't going anywhere. So are you quite confident going forward that, you know, there's yeah. a real basis for a, a squad there? Yeah, just amazing. I feel heart back in the team for the first time for probably the Colin Hendry era where, you know, you knew they were all going to... I know they did need pull it off with Croatia but you knew they were all trying for their heart um, and they just seem to have jailed together the boys what I would like to maybe see I don't know if there's any chance that the two of them could play together but you know how we kept saying down the left hand side who would we drop Tierney or Robertson and we seem to have worked out a way of playing the two of them together and I'm wondering we Patterson we want him in the team but sometimes you know, he's maybe no experienced enough for defensively. And I was wondering if we could maybe work something out the right hand side with A two, the same as we've done the other side with the with the with Tierney and uh, I don't know what, what if they would I've not seen enough of both of them to see whether they would be able to play together. But so is, it, is that O'Donnell and Patterson you're talking about O'Donnell together? O'Donnell and Patterson, aye, um, aye. O'Donnell and Patterson because, you know, if we had the same kind of combination doing the right hand side as with Tierney and uh Robertson seemed to be pulling off on the left hand side um, then you could get basically boys into the team because it seems a shame that Stephen O'Donnell's a whipping boy because everybody wants Nathan Patterson into the team and and quite rightly so he's a cracking player but if we could do the same and, and try and get the two to have a combination like we've got doing the left hand side then that's a possibility Yeah Sharon I agree with you in terms of it's unfair that Stephen O'Donnell Automatically becomes the Whitten boy When anything goes wrong You know I was listening to something Earlier on the day People were blaming him for I think it was Modric's goal You know He puts in with outside his right boot People are going back And dragging out Oh, it's So I think that's unfair the, the, the one thing I would disagree with there is Tierney and Robertson Are two world class players and we aren't good enough to leave two world-class players or one world-class player out our team. So we had to find a way of putting them in. I think on the right-hand side, as good as Patterson and I do like O'Donnell, they're, not, they're a long way from world-class. So we don't need to fit both of them in. I think one of them would go in, so it's a battle uh, who's the best player or who's performing better week in, week out. Years to come, uh, and I'm, I'm talking for maybe the next decade, 
as long as Nathan Patterson gets game time, I think he will be Scotland's right back. But I agree with you, Stephen O'Donnell shouldn't be the whipping boy. And I think that position is just a race to, to see who's performing the, the best for their club. Do you think there needs to be a bit of balance as well? Because if you've got Tierney as the left centre back and he's yeah. making those overlapping or those underlapping runs, maybe the player that's playing right centre back needs to be a bit more conservative and, and can't be doing the same or else we'd well, be left a bit yeah, exposed. That's that's the thing. To allow Tierney to, to bomb on and overlap, your right centre back in that three just shuffles over and it becomes more like a, a two centre backs and a back four. You know, they just patrol the centre of that goal. So it would knock the balance but I do think that's only happening for us because those two are so good and we can't afford to leave them out well thank you to Sharon 01419511025 on the phones Mark is next up in just says Glasgow here Mark what's your point tonight hi guys thanks for having me on you hear me okay yep all good Mark yeah so I, I just wanted to thank Steve Clark and the staff and the players for a tremendous couple of weeks Um I've never been so happy about my country getting to a tournament that happened in the last couple of weeks. All right, yeah, a bit disappointing how it ended up, but that's just typical Scotland, I suppose. Um, just on the Croatia game, yeah, I mean, the only kind of negative thing was probably, I think at half-time, getting in a 1-1. Um, we were quite lucky, to be honest, to get in a 1-1. And that's what we kind of thought. We could maybe change it. Maybe take off a striker, get on a winger, and just try and be a bit more compact in midfield. Um, we're giving Modric too much space in the middle of the pitch um, but in hindsight you know he's 35 but he's won the ball in Northern and he's a, he's a world class player and I mean, you just kind of give him that time yeah I, I agree I mean I, it's in hindsight now you laugh at the amount of comments about that Croatia team before the game they were ageing they were you know not the team they were um, Modric you know, couldn't get about the pitch. His quality had maybe slipped a bit. And to be honest, in the first two games in the group, they did look mm-hmm. like that. But like we've seen loads of teams in this tournament not starting particularly well. And then in the third game, they've came a lot. I mean, you look at Spain. Okay, they had a passing against Sweden and lots of possession, but they were struggling. And then yesterday, they came alive and they were unbelievable. Croatia were a wee bit like that. Um, Mark's right, I mean at the end of the, the first half I said just before Cal McGregor scored This next five minutes is critical That we don't concede because the tie would be over I would I was happy getting in at 1-0 at that stage And when they scored it, you know, it was great To change it at half time though I mean that would have taken a brave manager Because it comes out and it doesn't work Everybody's up in arms We scored before half time, we had them on the run you know, if it did work, then of course he's a hero. But Steve Clark obviously thought it was right to stick with that team. Maybe should have changed it sooner into the half. But half time, it would have been a big ask. Mark, you were saying there about you know how that's the most excited you've been for Scotland at a major tournament. Has it sort of reignited your love of the national team? Have you always been you know had a really good relationship with Scotland? To be honest, I did follow Scotland up until maybe about three or four years ago. Um, home games in particular but I mean I did, I did kind of lose lose the love a wee bit um, I didn't think we had a great team um, three or four years ago but I mean qualifying beating Serbia even that night watch, watching it against Serbia I just I'm, I'm sitting sitting watching it at home and just thought right we're, 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 we're going to get turned over here so I mean when David Marshall saved that penalty that night it was just I was just buzzing and obviously leading up to the tournament just getting really excited you know getting the flags getting the flags looked out getting the old Scotland tops looked out stuff like that was great 
Um, and I'm really excited about the group of group of players we've got actually coming through. And I think it was touched upon earlier on. We've got quite a, a young nucleus of a team there. Um, the emergence of Gilmore, obviously, that one game he had against England was outstanding. But people talk about Parson Turnbull, who didn't even get into the team. You know, we've got a really, really young young guys coming through. With the experienced guys, don't experienced guys like Tierney and Robertson who are still, you know, 25, 26 or whatever. Still, you know, I'm really excited about, about, about the Scotland team kind of going forward and hopefully, maybe I'm not getting too excited here, but hopefully maybe the World Cup or even the next Euros we could, we could make it again. Hopefully it won't be 23 years before the next one. I don't think we should underestimate how important that is, Mark, what this tournament has done for the nation. Because I grew up in a generation where I didn't know Scotland being at any major tournaments, everything was just disappointment. I think my first ever Scotland game I went to, we lost 2-1 to Romania at Hamden. I always just thought, being a Scotland fan, it's just hard. It's just hard and there's no payoff and yeah. it's pretty tough and you get these slight moments of optimism and then it's grabbed away from you. But, you know, I've got friends that maybe weren't even that interested in the national team who have completely got whipped up in the spirit of it. They're now massive Scotland fans and despite the fact that the tournament didn't go the way that many hoped it would, you hope that going forward that we can really gain from this? Well, that's the aim. Um, in terms of the playing staff and the coaching staff, that is the aim. They, they see what it did to the country, how the country can be transformed because there's nothing, there's nothing like football uh, to bring the country together, to bring it to a standstill for everybody's attention to be pulling in the one direction. So the aim is to have that happening. Again, and as as many times as possible And then the next one is the World Cup Followed by the Euros What we can't do is slip back into the old ways Where this is a one-off And another generation gets to miss out Because we've all had a taste of it And we all want more And if that's the next World Cup So be it But it will be a hard ask But I'm with Mark and Sharon I think we've got the young players Um to actually achieve something again and, and get us to another finals Well thank you to Mark 01419511025 Give us a call And you could be up next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean In the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'll uh, get back to Scotland in a second But the one thing we can still do Despite the fact that Scotland are out Is watch the Euros What about the games last night? Unbelievable Incredible It was a top night That was my favourite game watching I watched the the Portugal-France game Just so much talent on show And delivering the big stage But it's just when you saw the drama The tables coming up as it stood And one stage Germany working out So I mean it just shows you uh, Yes people are right to want more from us But Germany and a group with Hungary Looked like they were heading out at one stage That's how That's how close these Euros are You know and the teams You know even Even the minnows Have match winners in their sides Maybe that's what we were missing Match winners at the top end But oh, it was an incredible night of football 01419511025 If you want to get involved Scott in Kirkintelic is up next Scott What do you make of it all? Uh, first and foremost, good evening panel, hope you're all well You too Scott um, Would I make of it all? Uh, this is the first time I've phoned up about Scotland um, I, I, I've been listening to the show and hearing a lot of people saying you know, Steve Clark, great, we go to competition um, I think we need to change our mentality Because getting to the competition, I know for the first time in 23 years brilliant. See when we get there, I want to do something You need to put it into perspective here The first game we were rotten against England 
we were okay And the third game again We were rotten Just okay but against England Do you not think we were a, a bit better than okay Down at Wembley Well Okay we, uh, Absolutely We were better than England But this is the point I'm trying to make We played England And after that I heard commentary About how We played them off the park At parts of the game And then we go into A Croatia game And we played And this is what I came on to my point being We can't play with two strikers And the facts are there Two strikers have played Three games No goals we can't play with two strikers. It affects the whole team. If I play in a midfield, or any midfielder on that Scotland team are in there, and all they're seeing is long balls getting pumped up to dykes. Sorry about using that word, but um, it's the first word that came to my mind. You punt that long ball up to dykes. It, it's, it's, it's so old-fashioned, it's untrue. I've watched the Euros, right? I've not seen one team play the way we play. And even to the point, see that game against uh, Croatia there now Gordon Marshall Kicked the ball Up the park More times than I've seen David, David Marshall <laughs> Aye, David Marshall Sorry David Kicking Marshall. a ball From 1998 <laughs> and, and the problem He's got there With doing that Is because We'll get I hear this We'll get world class players How have we got World class players That can't be comfortable With the ball And play it to the back Why are they punt The long ball I mean Why Mark was We'll let you come back in Scott I mean Mark was that maybe Part of the tactic from Steve Clark That you know Croatia's strongest part Is their midfield three mm. And you've got Modric, Brozovic, Kovacic Guys who are unbelievable on the ball And if you don't think you can compete with them In the middle of the park Is the best way to try and play against them To bypass that midfield yeah. Not give them the chance to compete in the middle And either go long or go wide And basically not And look, obviously it didn't work We're out But was that maybe part of the thinking Why Scotland were going long against Croatia? Of course it was Now Steve Clark will stick by those tactics That's what he believed Would win the game He's got his reasons You mentioned some of them Going wide If Croatia were playing A midfield three And we're playing A five You know To try and go round Outside and them Try and bypass these guys Who are very good On the ball And off the ball And try and get legs Like McGinn And Armstrong To run off their Midfield That's where Our energy uh, Was But in terms of World class players We do have world class players You know Andy Robertson Kieran Tierney Billy Gilmore I would think is, is on his way up there um, You know but Okay we didn't use him But those were the tactics Steve Clark thought You know two big guys And Use our energy To try and turn Croatia Now I'm the first to admit It didn't work it, That definitely didn't work In that game I, I would say it had more success In the England game Where we We mixed up a bit We played into midfield And kept it for longer periods and we also hit Adams and Dykes So it worked better in that game So Yes there will be question marks uh, About the tactics And how we approach it But Steve Clark Did it for a reason He's analysed Croatia He picked holes in them Sometimes you just got to hold your hands up And say Croatia on the night Were absolutely outstanding Scott what would your solution be If you didn't want to play two up top How would you shape up the team? I wouldn't play Dykes at all uh, Up front um, and obviously I would try and keep the Now I listen to Mark there And he says Sometimes you've got to put your hand up You play a better team You go to the Euros Really underdogs in every team So you can't just say We're going to get beat And that's for excuse And it's okay Because we play a better team It's the way we're playing against them It's never going to work it's draconian, just as Graham Souness says. I woke up on Monday morning thinking about the game, and when I read what Graham Souness says, 
he says exactly what I was thinking through the night when I was even waking up during the, uh, after I watched that game. The style of play, and I don't even want to go on about Clark because it sounds as if it's going to be a personal against him. It's never going to work with Clark with his tactics. Never in a million years is it going to work with this long ball. We need to go back to one striker up front so that we don't but play two see, strikers see, for long in terms ball. of that, Scott, with a one striker and it's never going to work with two strikers, I get it wasn't pretty on the eye. And, and you could say that about three of the games for long periods it wasn't pretty in the eye we did create an awful lot of chances with two strikers with those tactics now if we convert I don't know a fifth of those chances it's a different it's a different ball game so it's not as if we're, we played two up front we didn't create teams just we were easy to play against I don't think we were I think we created chances and good ones in all three games that we could have and and should have on another day taking. So, you know, as much as it's not pretty to watch for you and you're saying it's it's not going to work, we created a lot, did we not? Scott, what went wrong against the Czech Republic in the opening game when we were playing with just a one striker? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that in a wee minute. Mark, your question to me was... So what was your question to me there? Thanks for listening <laughs> I'm saying I can get your point If you're saying The two strikers didn't work And right. we didn't create anything We created right. an awful Aye, lot of chances was, Yeah. So you, so your question to me was We created a lot of chances right Yeah I would rather have three chances and score One, two goals Than ten chances none We scored one goal out of three games So what does it matter? Well, that, I think it's a positive we, that we created the chances. But we never scored for the chances. But, we but never what, scored but, from. But, that's different. That's different. If you say we had a lot of chances and took five out of ten, we but, scored one goal. But it's a bit of hindsight. You saying games scored none. Yeah, it's a bit of hindsight. You saying well, if we played one, we would have created three, but scored one. That's listen. That's that's easy to say. If we played one and created three chances and scored now, you'd be on here saying. We, uh, you, you'd be on here saying We're too negative We need to play with two up front Steve Clark Got In the neck In the first game Before a ball was kicked For playing dykes With Christy off him People thought Adams was a stick on We need to go two up front Because we're at Hamden Now he did that in the final game And we created chances Didn't play You know 400 passes Like Spain or Croatia We didn't play that way But that's the way the players in Steve Clark saw it, or Steve Clark saw it, and the players carried it out. You're right; it didn't work. We didn't score, but as I say, we we still created chances. We weren't a, a walkover in the tournament. Well, thank you to Scott oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's go straight back to the phones. John is in Cope Bridge. John, what's your point tonight? Hi guys, how you doing? Uh, just one of the points, a couple of points, but the first point I made there was a bit. Playing Patterson and Young Forest together, <coughs> I think that would be a good combination. But my other point was, and maybe that this guy was on a me there would maybe be thinking what I'm thinking. I think we should have took a point with Griffiths, Mark. You and Gordon even said that. You know what I mean, they could have. He would have scored a few of the goals. Would he not have? Um, like I, I've said loads of times on here that I I love Lee Griffiths as a player. I think he brings so much. But like he, he admits himself. That he shouldn't have been in the squad So It's difficult John To then say He should have been in the squad He If a player admits himself That He wasn't a match fit and sharp Then You know it's hard to argue against Steve Clark's decision to leave him out But 
any day, Mark, 20 minutes he could have done. I mean, you take all the, the players over the years, I've been maybe bad boys in that, but they've been took to World Cups, etc. And, I mean, Griffiths is, even your, I know I'm a big Celtic man, but your guys on here for weeks before this, been talking, Rangers fans have been even saying, he should have took Griffiths. And I don't agree with, I don't think Dykes is up to international football, but the guy's a trier, and, uh, but... I also I personally think if we Griffiths was there, we'd be sitting, we'd probably sitting in the group now, the chances we create it. So we would have. But I think even touching on Narnie as well, Mark, Steve Clark should have, like, half an hour ago, we should have put subs on. You even said that yourself. You're as well going out and can beat 4 or 5 1. It's not as if it's a league table. The other night, was, it, was, it was do or die. Yeah. So I, I'm not criticising Steve Clark. I like Steve Clark. But I think the other night, he missed a trick. He should have went for it. But don't be wrong, the other night, I'm a bit of a gambling man, well, better watch case my missus is listening. But I, I fancied a right punt on Croatia the other night, but I went bet against Scotland, you know what I mean? But as I say, Croatia got beaten the World Cup final two years ago. They were, they were a brilliant team, and it's just on Modric, is still one of the best players in the world. And uh, But it's the case of the other night, they had the Scotland, I mean, they started half well, they scored against the run in the play, vice versa, we scored against the run in the play. But I still honestly think the other night, he's still brought Forrest on, and even, what do you call it, young, young uh, Patterson, up the right hand side, and even Turnbull. And I've said, I was trying to go on here for a couple of days as well. The other, I thought Nisbet should have got a chance to play. Know what I mean, because, I mean, I know maybe he's not been a lot of international games, but he did score one of the games. And the fact is, he's done well for Hibs this season, and he's more a he's more a goal scorer threat than the other two guys, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, Mark, but it does seem to be a common theme that a lot of supporters are saying that they felt changes probably should have been made earlier. Yeah. Um, well, not even hindsight because we were sitting Same at the, we the were game, sitting yeah, at the dry gate yeah. watching that. You, you know, myself, Daz, you know, Gordon Hugh and, and Colin Henry, of all people, we all seen that the legs had kind of gone out of some of the players because it, what, three games in eight days A big ass Especially for the likes of Kieran Tierney Who was running an empty You could see that Stephen O'Donnell I felt You know By about the <laughs> Just after half time You could tell that He was never going to take The left back To the byline And cross it He looked like He knew He wasn't going to pass him So I felt that was the time To make changes um, You know It's easy for us Sitting in a studio Watching it Steve Clark is there Invested in it In the touchline Perhaps caught up in that Perhaps thinking You know We'll ride out this little period But it just looked like Players were starting to wane a little And I can't disagree with John there His point about Patterson His point about Forrest Coming on in the wider areas I would have liked to have seen them both Maybe even Turnbull In a central area Where He can put one in the top corner For 25 yards And his point about Nisbet as well I think The boy came on against the Netherlands Scored a great goal why not try him? Dykes get kept on the pitch He'd missed a couple of chances in the tournament He looked tired, he looked leggy I thought we would have seen him So can't disagree with, with a lot that John says here John, you said you wanted to see Patterson and James Forrest play together How how would you do that going forward? Is that Patterson as a sort of right wing back With Forrest playing just in behind the striker Or sort of on the on the right uh, side of the striker? Steven, would you call it I think the way he could fit him in I know he's only young for Patterson, right? But the way 
Kieran Tierney slotted it into the left-hand side of, but you've got to know the, the three at the back. I mean, the Parson, he's got the legs like Tierney, you know what I mean? He got up and down the pattern, man, and covering for each other. I mean, he could play that system a way to fit them in. I mean, because if Kearney goes up for, you know, to cover for Kieran Tierney, you know what I mean? But as, as Mark says, the other night, I think Kieran Tierney's legs went, and even even if they brought some done for Kieran, you know what I mean? Because I think, obviously, it's caught up with him, the injury, and... Uh, but as I said, I, I would try and fit them in. I mean, not like Forrest has maybe come at the end of his career, maybe two or three years, but I think the two of them be a good fit together. So they would. I mean, P- Patterson's obviously a good athlete. He's very quick, but he's maybe not quite the, the physical presence like Tierney is to play as a, yeah. a right sided centre back. He, he's more of a sort of attacking player. I know Tierney has that, obviously, to his game as well, but Tierney's maybe more, more suited to playing a, as a sort of wide centre back than Patterson, as you would say. Yeah. Um... But I wonder if there comes a time that Steve Clark changes the shape to accommodate the players coming through. This this shape that he, he played, of course he's played at Kilmarnock before and it was successful, but he played at, at Kilmarnock because that was what his players allowed him to play. Same with Scotland, when he's, he's came along, he's assessed the squad and he, he, he made his hard to beat. That's one way of making his hard to beat. If you've got a new crop of youngsters coming through who are, you know, very quick in the wide areas, you know, you've got guys who you can trust, maybe as a two in the centre of the pitch and Gilmore and McTominay and and in possession, then you can afford to take more risk further forward. And I wonder if Steve Clark looks at that in future campaigns and thinking, well, a three five two is not the be all and end all. Maybe we change our shape to accommodate some of these guys coming in. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. Thank you very to uh, thank you very much to John and Colt Bridge. Give us a call. You could be up next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 0141-951-1025 is the number you need to give us a call or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB When I was looking online earlier There was a lot of Rumours about Billy Gilmore Whether he's going out on loan I know he's been heavily linked With Norwich There was a couple of Links even with Rangers A potential loan move there I saw Was it Graeme Souness Earlier on today Was saying that he felt that You know He shouldn't be going out on loan He should actually be staying at Chelsea Because he'll be You know Training with top quality players Champions League winners Week in week out Where do you stand with that Do you think he should go Um, out And get the game time Or or stay at Stamford Bridge He's the hottest prospect in, In British football At the minute I think He'll have no shortage of options where to go, but I look at that. I look at that Chelsea team, and I know he's been in around it, and he's been in the squad, and he's played in some big games. Breaking into that and holding down a place ahead of some of the players in his position is going to be incredibly difficult. I would rather see him go out and actually play, but stay in England, so you're you're playing against the elite at the top level. Um, so I think somebody like a, a Norwich Or it needs to be the right team He needs to fit into a team that's going to play His way to his strengths Give him the ball There's no point in going to playing a, a team that's long ball And over his head And he's he's chasing it all the time And battling He needs to play with a possession based team So if that's in the Premier League Then I think it will serve us well As a country going forward I think that was part of the thinking for Norwich Because I think Thomas Tuchel and Daniel Farker Who's the Norwich Remix. manager Worked together ah, in Dortmund at one point So I think uh, so ah. I don't know But I think he must sort of Like his style of play Their sort of style of play Must be based off of each other If yeah. they've worked together for a long time So maybe that's why it's a, a good move for him But then do you look at that and think They're a newly promoted side Maybe it's going to be quite a You know a a tough introduction to be. regular yeah. Premier League football for It will be, but he needs to learn. He, he needs to learn that um, teams, you know, aren't going to have 
70% possession The teams he plays in all the time So it's important that he realises If he is playing a possession based team like Norwich That they're going to have large periods without the ball It's when you get the ball How you keep that And and you don't rush things And that'll do him the world The good plus is a, a nice Scottish contingent There as well That he would fit into the club So I would like to see him stay in England Playing in the, in the Premier League And playing in a team that that just nurtures his talent The way that Chelsea has done so far I suppose it's probably Just different things Suit different players How tough do you think That decision is for a young player When oh, they're yeah. You know do, do I stay Do I go Because you always think Sort of worst case scenario Both sides Or someone could get injured At, at Chelsea And end yeah. up I end up going out on loan At Norwich or, Great you know, point mm. Because that, that That's the luck in football You know He could go to Norwich uh, Canty or whoever Could get injured He's already on loan Chelsea then you know, I've got the cash to go out and spend and bring somebody else in, and he's further done the pecking order. It's a huge gamble for him. Um, only he can decide that, him and his family. But I'm sure he's desperate now to play games, play competitive games. He doesn't, he doesn't want to spend a season sitting on the bench after the taste of Wembley. He got and you know, being around that Champions League squad. So, hearing every interview about him, people who have worked it, uh, Brian McLaughlin. On Saturday speaking about him He's hungry to get to the next level And he backs himself all the way So he won't want to sit on the bench He'll want to play regular football I wish him a speedy recovery as well Because yeah. obviously he had yeah. his positive Covid case I think he might actually still be isolating At the, be. the team hotel Where everyone else has left So if he's Oh is he in there by himself? Nice. Oh, I will be yeah. So if he's spending his time Listening to Super Scoreboard We wish you all the I'm best I'm sure he is Billy um, But I mean You look at there was other suggestions about Rangers You were saying You think the Premier League's probably the best place for them Could you see a, a move To Rangers materialise at all Do you think they would Well I say Do you think they would want them Of course Rangers mm. would want a, a player of Billy Gilmore's quality But How do you see him Fitting into that midfield Do you think it Hinges at all on Rangers Getting Champions League Group stage football Or do you think Chelsea Will just think You know what He needs to be playing Premier League week in week out Yeah I don't think There's much chance Andrew To be honest um, Champions League football Would be the attraction That he gets to stay in there And he's not going to get up With Norwich But You're basing that on You know what Six games um, In the Champions League I think Chelsea Will want him to be playing At the highest level Week in week out If they're, if they're letting him go At all I know they want them game time But might just look at it when he gets back in pre-season Think, mm, hang, on, hang on, this guy's chapping on the door To be a regular starter here So be interesting to see Because I, I think all of Scotland Is now following this kid's career Because, it, you know, he's, he's such a bright light for us we, We're backing him to carry our country For the next decade So we've all got a vested interest in where his next football journey takes him It's certainly not going to be a flippant decision anyway Because all these big clubs down south have loan managers Who is specifically in mm. place I think is it Carlo Cudicini is Chelsea's And his job is, is specifically is to, yes. to look after the loan players Make sure they get the right uh, moves Make sure that you know when they're out of the club They're in constant <laughs> contact with them Making sure everything's right What a, well, what a job that is I did not have that at breaking You'll not be surprised to hear I didn't have a loan manager But it must be one of the great jobs in world football That has just popped up Along with just, others Just send them all out To really sunny countries I need to go and visit them, them Throughout the season them. Yeah. Oh. And, and give them support See how they are <laughs> yeah, In 30 degree heat oh, What a job If anyone's looking for A home manager I'm here I think Brecon might be Actually now yeah, if you... I'm not here I'm busy So <laughs> Another, oh, what a job yeah. I know, I wouldn't manager. Mind that. Someone else that's obviously Starting their new job this week Ange Postacoglu Flew into Glasgow yesterday Took his first training session Today, tomorrow He's going to speak to uh, The media for the first time I know he's done a couple of interviews With, with Celtic TV But it'll be the first time That he's actually sat down hmm. In front of the media With a chance to, to Get questions from them Dominic Mackay will be there as well So 
Um, I mean, straight into pre-season training already for, for the Celtic players, but he has a, a big job in his hands. 26 days, I think it is, until they play Mitchelland in their first competitive game. It's not a long time, is it, to get his philosophy over, um, to, to get a team together. I think we'll all be interested in what he's got to say because the, the interviews with Celtic TV are, are, are for the fan base. They're, the questions are are pretty simple enough to answer. And he's Ange Postagoglu, I must admit, I, I like the things that he said. I like the way he comes across. It's a different ball game when you're sitting in front of the media and you're getting questions that, you know, can be a few curveballs in there and they will be asked honest, open questions. So everybody will be tuned in, listening to what he's got to say and he's got a big month ahead of him because that first tie against Michelin is not going to be an easy one. They're a quality side and... If it gets off to a bad start, people can quickly get on his back. But I'm sure he'll have every confidence in himself that he knows um, what he's going to try and implement over this first month in the job. Just how quickly does he need to get that recruitment right? Because if Celtic are going down to Wales for their pre-season training camp, they've got games down there. If he's wanting to implement a style and he's going to have to bring in, you know, double figures worth of players to fit into his squad to beef it out because so many players have left and there's probably others still to leave contract situations to be sorted out how quickly does he need to get those players in the door so everyone knows exactly what their job is yeah well he does uh, and this is through no fault of his own he's he's, lo- <laughs> he's in an incredibly difficult situation here what went on at, at Celtic uh, in the last few months has made Ange Postacoglu's job Harder than anyone would have imagined To get a team on the park In the competitive games um, that, That's going to get you through these rounds it, it, What a challenge it is So recruitment, key um, It'll be interesting to see Who comes in the door in, in the next few weeks And how he gets his style uh, Across to the players Because that takes time as well Andrew You don't just rock up in day one And everybody plays the way you want to play Everybody believes in what you You um, you think That takes time So Incredibly important time Tomorrow Starting tomorrow With his first press conference um, And then How the players react Even the Scottish players coming back Off international duty Getting that across to them Getting them well rested And ready to go again Tough job A lot of talk about Lee Griffiths as well He's said he is in talks with Ange Postacoglu about getting another year in his contract Do you think that's the right decision? There seems to be split opinion on, on social media Some people saying that, you know, some Celtic fans saying that, that they would ha- be happy to see him there Others that think, you know what, after last season we should move on part ways and, and look elsewhere Yeah, a couple of months ago I would have said no chance He's The, the ship has sailed for Lee Griffiths um, And Celtic would say thanks very much, thanks for your service But your your services aren't required I think the position they're in now The mess they're in Odds and Edward could be going At least you're a real shortage of strikers If you've got one there in the building Who's scored as many goals as Lee Griffiths I think they will give him a new contract They will gamble on him It's up to Lee Griffiths now To get himself fit and score goals Need a bit of continuity as well If there's going to be so much yeah. changing around him I think so There will be a lot of players Who have left the building Who won't be there Because of transfers Money taking them elsewhere The more familiar faces around the place The better to fit the ones that are coming in um, Into the squad Well thank you for all your calls tonight Thank you to Mark Wilson in the studio as well I will be back tomorrow night with Jim Duffy And as I say we will be bringing you the audio From that Ange Postagoglu interview Make sure to stick around